Welcome to the Awareness Offerings Podcast, a weekly offering of yoga philosophy discussion and guided meditation for the moments we're living in. I'm your host, Laura Tara Davy Joplin. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher, spiritual social media strategist, and integrative counselor, working to integrate the principles of the spiritual path into every aspect of my work and my life. This podcast is an extension of that work as I navigate the world as a white woman devotee of yoga, living at many intersections of privilege, living in the West, and trying to live with awareness. Thank you for joining me in this work. You're listening to episode 45, Thunder Teachings. Hi everyone, thank you for being here this week, and always welcome to another episode of the Awareness Offerings podcast. As if you would like to support the Awareness Offerings podcast, best ways to do so are by rating, subscribing, and or leaving a review on whatever platform you're using to listen. That just makes the, the podcast more available. It makes, it makes it easier for other people to find it. Um, and if you feel called to share on social or by word of mouth to help your folks find it, know that I'm deeply appreciative and deeply, deeply appreciative that we get to be here together. So let's go into it. Let's get into our opening ritual of singing the sound of Om one time. Om is the sound of consciousness. It's said to be the sound that contains all other sounds. So broadening our perspective a little bit from the, from the chatter of the mind that keeps us in all different directions and yet in places that can be kind of short-sighted and and opening from mind into consciousness, um, broadening the view and maybe settling the mind a little bit with OM. So that's a little little um, non-comprehensive explanation on what happens when we sing OM. As always, you can join me and sing this out loud, or you can just sit and listen. If you're coming along, I'll invite you to get your body into a comfortable position. Maybe choose to close your eyes or take a soft gaze by gazing down the tip of your nose or toward the floor, just turning your awareness toward yourself. One representation of that shift from thought to consciousness. Then if nostril breath is accessible for you today, I'll invite you to take a breath in through your nose and breathe out through your nose, clearing some space. And then we'll take one more breath in here, this time to begin the sound of OM. Thank you for joining me in that practice. And now for this week's discussion, it's not going to be, I don't think, you know, anything could happen, but I don't think it's going to be a really long discussion. Um, I'm not dissecting any kind of deep um, experience or current issue. It's just something that struck me, really something that struck me earlier this week that I want to share because it feels like it could be a source of refuge or comfort or awareness um, in these times, right? In the continuously heartbreaking and challenging times we live in together here in 2022 (laughs) or whatever you're listening to this. Um, But here in 2022, things are still hard. (laughs) So um, it's a thundery time 
in Georgia right now. I live in the state of Georgia in the United States, and we're having a lot of thunderstorms right now in this in this moment. Um, it's like every day there's a storm, uh, usually in the afternoon, not exclusively in the afternoon, but we're having thunderstorms almost every day. It's kind of getting a little tropical uh, up here, which is, you know, that's a conversation for another day about how, you know, Georgia's weather pattern pattern is shifting uh, to be more like Florida's, <laughs> but it's happening. We're having thunderstorms. And so that's been the experience is, is, is observing and experiencing thunderstorms every day for the past several days here. And um, I often go outside at least for a little bit while they're happening on my porch to be a part of it, to take it in, to hear the rain, feel the mist, watch the lightning, hear the thunder. Um, and there's there's something to that. There's something ritualistic and, and connective about doing that. So I've been doing it. And the other day, there was a particularly wild bout of thunder. Uh, It was in the afternoon and I was sitting on my porch and just thunderclaps. It was massive. There was a really big lightning strike and I knew it was coming, but I still couldn't consciously totally comprehend how big the thunderclap was about to be until it happened. And it was this booming, clapping, rolling thunder. And there were a few more like that. The The one that happened first was the biggest one, but it wasn't the only one. There were f- a few more similar, not quite as booming, but still quite uh, awe-inspiring. And they would just roll and clap and and crash. And these sounds were just kind of flowing through the air. And I was listening and taking it in. And without consciously choosing to see it this way it wasn't really I wasn't searching for this meaning but it just happened to come into my mind and it's those moments when I know I'm probably receiving a teaching um, from from some source bigger than me whether it's a spiritual teacher or you know the sacred or whatever you want to call it but I wasn't looking for it and it came anyway so I usually I recognize those as teachings and what came to my mind was that thunder reminds me that there's something bigger than me. Thunder reminds me that there is something bigger than me. And that felt both really deep and profound, but also so simple and, and, um, the, what's the, the phrase I'm looking for? It's right on the tip of my tongue. Give me a second here. Um, um, Oh, it's it's close. Goodness. <laughs> There's a phrase I'm looking for. Um, basically, it just felt like, duh, like, of course, you know, it fe- I, there, there's a phrase for that. I can't think of it right now. Um, but it felt felt, you know, obvious, uh, even though it was such a profound teaching that I hadn't really thought of and wasn't really looking for. It was like, oh, yeah, of course. Thunder reminds me there's something bigger than me. One, because it's huge. It's this huge booming sound that's coming from outside of me. I have no control over it. I don't know when it's going to happen or, you know, when it's going to end. So it's very much outside of me. It's part of my experience because I'm hearing it and sometimes feeling the rumbles and and taking it in with my senses and my awareness, Uh, but it's outside of me. So, so, um, literally it is bigger than me and it reminds me of things bigger than me. 
But on a more kind of metaphysical level, I also started to think about the ways, you know, when we're at, when we're kids, I'm not sure if everyone has this experience. It feels like it's probably relatively universal, though I, I won't assume. But when we're kids, we are, you know, we, we, we have, you know, these experiences, there are thunderstorms and we either of our own imagination or from, you know, the stories and, and uh, kind of the, the fairy tale explanations that get passed down through our families, we make up these meanings for the thunder. Um, I know that when I was a child, it was like God was bowling was one of the, the explanations that was given to thunder. Um, or, you know, I, I've, I've thought about like the, the gods are dancing when it's thunder um, or God is angry, right? Um, someone above us, some higher power is, is angry or sad or crying um, when it's thundering and we would attach these more, um, both spiritual and more, I guess, I don't know if innocence, the right word, but there's something more, uh, tangible about those meanings, um, than just thinking about it as weather systems moving through, but we would attach these meanings to, um, to thunder and to these thunderstorms when we were younger um, as a way of, I think, you know, comforting ourselves and our parents and family and caregivers might comfort us by, um, you know, attaching some more almost sacred meaning to what was going on, not just something big and scary that was happening for no discernible reason other than weather patterns. Um, and so we would we would comfort ourselves with these meanings and we would try to help ourselves understand this phenomenon that could be very scary and very jarring by attaching sacred meaning to it. And when I say it out loud like that, you know, that reminds me of so much of the process of spirituality and the spiritual path um, that that's many of us walk is observing the phenomenon in our lives that come outside of our control and and attaching spiritual meaning to it so it's less scary and of course sometimes that's really beautiful and really healthy and sometimes it can go off in a direction where it's not really attached to reality and we get a little bit into conspiracy um but i think i'm just naming that it's a really it's a really feels ancient and, and universal and common shared practice to take these big events, especially natural um, weather events, natural disasters, these things outside of ourselves and attach sacred meaning. And with thunder, we did this as children, right? We, we attach these sacred meanings like it's God, um, which now I have a different con- concept of what God is uh, than I did when it was, when we were talking about it and that meaning was being shared with me when I was younger, but right, it's God bowling or crying or dancing, whatever it might be. And as I sat in this thunderstorm, hearing this big, booming, crashing thunder and started thinking about the way that I was uh, taught to and, and did make meaning out of thunder as a child, I thought about the ways that, you know, cultures all over the world and for thousands of years have done the same thing, whether children or in sort of a, a shared collective um, ritualistic way, making meaning out of something like thunder, right? In Hinduism, the, the thunder god is Indra. In Greek mythology, Zeus is the thunder god. In Roman mythology, Jupiter is the thunder god. And in Norse mythology, um, Thor 
Thor is the thunder god. And that's just a sampling of a few traditions, but in many traditions, there are thunder gods. Um, And though I'm not positioned in a place to speak to this from a place of embodiment or real tangible knowledge, I can assume that, you know, in, in traditions, um, in, in cultural traditions, whether it's, you know, indigenous tribal traditions or, you know, just, just old cultural traditions uh, from all over the world, there have been rituals to, to honor the gods and to make meaning out of weather events. Um, and so that just, I've just been sitting with this idea of the way that, um, particularly around thunder, it's just one symbol and one example of the way we do this, but particularly around thunder, we have made meaning out of it in a sacred way in so many cultures and traditions for so many millennia. And as I was in the middle of a thunderstorm, I was really struck by that, by the way that we have always been thirsty for something bigger than us, for for a way to make meaning out of the seemingly random, sometimes jarring, out of our control events around us, and to connect that to a sense that we have an understanding of something bigger than ourselves. And so I, I allowed myself to connect to that in the moment, just listening to the thunder, not, not attaching it to a specific ritual or deity, but just being reminded from this big booming sound that there's something bigger than me. And I felt comforted in that moment even though, you know, thunder and, and severe weather and whatever it might be, they can be very discomforting, uncomfortable events. I felt comfort in being in that because it, it reminded me that there's something outside of me. And that can at times be incredibly jarring. It can be scary because if there are things outside of us, we don't have control over them. And disasters can happen. Tragedies can happen. The unknown can happen. But I also find something incredibly freeing in that. Because if there's something outside of me, I'm not the biggest thing. I don't have to be the biggest thing. I don't have to be in control because there are things that are just wild and uncontrollable. And that doesn't mean I don't do what I can with what's in front of me, with what I do have control over, which is, you know, how I choose my thoughts, how I show up in each moment, what actions I take, what energy, um, what, what awareness I bring to situations, um, how I choose to serve people, right? I do have control over those things, but I don't have to have control over everything. And then, and ultimately that teaching is, is surrender, right? Is, is, opening the palms of our hands rather than grabbing on tightly, trying to control, trying to figure it out, just opening the palms, letting the thunder reverberate through us and saying, I don't have to have control over everything. And I honor what is bigger than me. And right now I feel connected to that teaching, which is why I really wanted to share it this week because there is tragedy and there is violence and suffering and there is, you know, the, the continued 
playing out of, of white supremacist patriarchal capitalism, essentially, um, which again, I'm not an expert uh, position to speak on, on those things um, from a place of embodied knowledge, but I encourage you if, if that, if that phrasing makes you uncomfortable or, or you don't understand what I mean by that, um, to, to dive into that, um, to, to do some looking into that. Um, but in my understanding of the ways that, that, um, systems have been created by certain power groups, groups in power, um, in order to deny the humanity of others, to gain, to, to, uh, maintain power. Um, we're seeing that play out, in such visceral and painful ways. And I think it's both and, right? I think we, again, we have control over the ways we show up to things, how we choose to think and act and love and serve and and continue despite the pain, right? We do have control over those things and there are things that we do not have control over and we get to lay it down and offer it up a little bit. We do get to have moments where we just sit in the storm, in the middle of the storm and just listen to the thunder and say, that's bigger than me. And my, my spiritual teacher talks a lot. Swami Jayadevi, author, spiritual teacher, incredible, incredible teacher of mine. She talks a lot about being the eye of the storm. And I think it might come in those moments where we recognize that we're being, we're in a moment of depth and we're being taught something when there's something outside of us, bigger than us happening um, and being willing to just be aware of it and watch it and not need to control it. And that, that is one way of being the eye of the storm. And of course, doing what we can where we are is another way, but that's understanding that there is something bigger than us going on and that we might not necessarily know what's going on and choosing to be open and aware and loving and kind and whatever other qualities we value anyway, that's, that's being the eye of the storm. So let's practice about it. This is the moment in the Awareness Offerings podcast where we shift from discussion into meditation, into contemplative practice. If you are in a position where you can't be sitting and and being quiet for a moment, if you're driving or showering or something like that, maybe pause and come back when you're able. And if you're coming along right now, I'll invite you to find a comfortable seat. Any seat is good really any seat. As long as your spine is long, the center line of your body where your nervous system is housed and where your energy moves when it's long and open, there is space and connection and flow that can be supportive in meditation. So you might lengthen your spine, but choose to sit in whatever way, positioning your arms and legs, however is comfortable sitting on whatever surface is supportive for you, whether it's your meditation cushion or a chair bed folded towel, whatever it might be, and know that throughout this meditation, you can take care of your body if you need to shift, um, find more support, find a different seat. It's all good. And as you find your seat of practice, you might choose to settle into that by closing your eyes or once again, just softening your gaze, maybe gazing down the tip of your nose or toward the floor, turning your awareness toward yourself, being that eye of the storm, the center point of still awareness, while what is bigger than you moves and, and rolls and 
happens all around you, just turning inward to be the center point and maybe centering in that place by starting a practice of breath awareness. You don't have to do anything with your breath. No changes needed. You might just begin to observe that you're breathing in as you inhale. Observe that you are breathing out as you exhale. Just watching the process, a centering practice of inviting your mind, your body, and your focus into one place. You can even use your mind because the mind tends to want to be restless and be like the thunder and roll all over the place. So you can direct the flow of the mind by using the mind, thinking in your mind, inhaling, aware that I'm breathing in, exhaling, aware that I'm breathing out, inhaling, aware that I'm breathing in. Exhaling, aware that I'm breathing out. Just letting that centering and settling, arriving in consciousness be the practice for these first few moments. That internal mantra is one I first heard from Vietnamese Buddhist monk and master teacher Thich Nhat Hanh. And then I've heard it shared by many of my teachers since just inhaling, aware that I'm breathing in. Exhaling, aware that I'm breathing out. We touched some in discussion on the ways that different traditions have, you know, spiritualized storms through, through different deities associated with thunder. And in the Hindu tradition, which is connected to the yoga tradition that I study because they grew up together in India, there's another way that kind of storms are, are spiritualized through the teachings of Rudra. Rudra is a form of Shiva, the first yogi, the kind of the the king of the yogis, one of the really powerful um, supreme gods in Hinduism. He has many forms. One of them is Rudra. Rudra is the compassionate form of Shiva. When Shiva looked at the world and saw the suffering, he cried and his tears fell to the earth. And that is his, his Rudra, his Rudra form. So the rain, raindrops, and there are also actual um, rudraksha, like there's a fruit um, that, that are turned into mala beads um, that are meant to be rudra's tears. But, but the rain falling to the earth is one representation of rudra's tears of compassion. 
So there's something about compassion and the sacred in this teaching of storms and something bigger than us. So we'll do a little bit of work in and with the heart here and use that to connect our own hearts to something bigger than us, to that heart of something that's bigger than us, that something like, you know, just a, a thunderstorm can remind us of. So this breath, it's a breath practice that we're going into. It's called Chittakash breath. Akash means sky. And this particular area, Chittakash, is, is sometimes referenced as the sky of the heart. Swami Nichananda, Indian spiritual teacher, um, coined it. He studied it and he made it accessible to the world through his teachings. Uh, the place, it's the space directly over the head, right over the head is known as the Chittakash, the sky of the heart, the, the heart of consciousness, this compassionate space where there's a little more detachment, where we don't have to take things on directly. You know, they don't have to be about us. We can detach a little and go to the sky of the heart where there is still so much compassion, but there's that detachment of offering it up and connecting to something bigger than us. So this practice takes a little sacred imagination. As you inhale, imagine your breath coming in horizontally through the center of your chest, spiritual heart, Heart of compassion. As you exhale, turn the breath up like an L shape. Send it up your spine and out the crown of your head to the Chittakash. And there it is. In through the center of your chest. Send it up and out through the crown of your head. Inhale through the center of your chest. Exhale up and out. Crown of your head. This is the Chittakash breath. We'll continue for a few moments together. Inhaling through the center of your chest, spiritual heart. Exhaling up and out the crown of your head, sky of the heart. Inhaling through the spiritual heart. Exhaling up and out to the sky of the heart. Continue at your pace. primary teacher in my lineage of yoga and spiritual teaching is Ma Jaya. And she would teach this breath, especially for people who are about to serve others in emotionally charged situations, right? So we could stay above the head in that heart of detached, open compassion, remembering that it's not about us. We don't have to take it on something bigger than us. So in moments where there's tragedy and pain in the world, like the like these times, this is a good breath to keep us offering it up. Or if we're going into an emotionally charged situation, this breath going right above the head, sky of the heart. Let's do a few more rounds in through the center of the chest. Up and out through the crown of the head. 
Let's do two more like that. One more time, breathe it in through the center of your chest. Exhale it up and out through the crown of your head. And for a moment, pause with your awareness just a few inches over your crown, a space that's just beyond your body, but still a part of your energy field, little more expansive than the physical body, representing that expansive sky of the heart, the heart of consciousness, the heart of the sacred, where we are held, guided. We don't have to control anything. We just have to love. From here, I'll invite you to inhale into that space over your head. As you exhale, send the awareness down, crown of your head, down your spine, back into your heart. Just grounding into your heart space. Let's do that twice more. In from above. Exhale down into the heart. One more time. Breathe in over the head. Exhale down into your heart. And now may you experience your world from that kind of balanced place of open inner heart and awareness of the heart of consciousness that's a little bigger than you. So you might begin to blink your eyes open as a representation of taking that awareness out into the world. Knowing that you're doing what you can and you get to offer up the rest. Thank you for joining me for this awareness offering and for going into embodied practice with me. You can find me on social media at Laura Tara, L-A-U-R-A-T-A-R-A on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. My intro and outro music was created by none other than my very own brother, Oxella Sun, O-X-E-L-A-S-U-N, whom you can also find on Instagram. <laughs>